was doing work here at home and I, I decided to do a few errands and I went up to the grocery store and I got stuck behind a train and I took back my empties, which as you can imagine is a colossal job. $28 worth of empties, that's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> Use it as my retirement fund. But anyway, that was probably since before Christmas and it's not just me. Hey, hello, I see you. You see me? Yeah, come, just say hello. There you oh, go. Hi, uh, Mark. It's all good now. <laughs> yeah, you're in front of me here, though, with this. Okay. I see your painting behind you. I love that painting. There. I didn't want it to be a visual thing, but I guess. <laughs> okay. Well, here we are. Here we are. Podcast number five zero. you said. Yeah, 50. So, same, right same for April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day? Same as my number of years old. Are you 50? I turned 50 in October, yes. Ah. I'm, I'm much older than you. Oh, come on. I'm going Everybody to be... Everybody's supposed to say when you get about 45, you're only as young as you feel, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you wake up feeling like you have a hangover and you weren't drinking. <laughs> yeah. It, it starts feeling like that, indeed. Yeah, like, oh, my aching joints. What were they doing last night? Oh, that's right. I just went to bed and watched TV. <laughs> I had some tea. You just, you were breathing. Yeah, I was breathing. It was enough. <laughs> Anyhow, so you sent, you sent along that one video of... Um, I, I, don't, I know the name of that artist, but I don't think I've ever seen her work before. She was quite compelling. Hmm. El. El Perez. Perez, right? She had like a Latin, Latin last name. Yeah, yeah. I liked, liked her. I liked her. Uh, she really put shots together well. Um. Now I'm going to use they because that's what they want to be referred as. So they. I'm going yeah, to use could, I, the. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Genderless I did, yeah, pronoun. I, I assumed that at, by the end, I figured that was the case, but then I forgot because just, uh, you know, I think that's successful if you don't, if you don't think about it. That's what they, you don't want people to, cons to be constantly thinking about it in either direction, right? Yes, I, I'm not sure how that works, but I'm just trying to, to make myself um, try to do it. I, I try to do the gymnastics of it. <laughs> It's... Well, it's largely about it's largely just about being aware, I think. And I think if you make the effort and you're aware and you don't ridicule them for it, I think that that's pretty much what people expect of you. And I think that that's fair to say of anybody, right? Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I'm 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 guessing that because um, John has autism, that I probably have a little bit of that in me as well. That uh, I take things very literally. And I need to know what's the rule, you know? Yeah. So I try to, if that's the rule, I try to adhere to it as much as I can until it becomes like really confusing. Then I try to, to do my best not to make it confusing, but it does get confusing at one point when you're talking in conversation and then you keep going with the they and, and it just, 
at certain points in the conversation, it makes it almost impossible sometimes. Yeah, well, I think what's happened is you're, you've got it so drilled in your mind that they, as a pronoun, means more than one, and and they're not no, they're not necessarily people aren't necessarily saying more than one. They're just they don't want to be identified with a, with a gender, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that so, they don't relate to that themselves, and why should they don't want to relate to other people that way? But I mean, you can't really control how other people relate to you, but to a certain extent, I think other people should be. They should definitely be pay attention, right? I mean, like you say, you have a you have a, a child with autism, and so you're that would have been a big wake up call for paying attention to all sorts of things. I'm sure that you wouldn't have thought about so much before. Yeah, um, I think the 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 language is limited in that it doesn't allow for it becomes confusing if you don't uh, constantly maybe go back to the the name of the person so you have to say l l l perez yeah the I artist be, or... that would probably be my that would probably be my my take on it because i i just would i don't know to me i find that more straightforward to me they is confusing and it means more than one person and i don't i don't really quite get that but whatever i'm trying yeah 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 so um it um it works for at the beginning i think when um you're starting to talk about the person and saying that they they don't want their gender neutral and they don't want to say the gender and and but and then if you switch to saying the artist and then the first name or something like that then it will continue making sense then i think we're pretty we're pretty safe in french it becomes a little bit harder though because the the language is so gendered yeah um, just... so it becomes even worse with um uh they're saying um uh that you have to change the endings of adjectives and there's all kinds of other stuff that starts happening and i'm 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 not quite sure yet i haven't met a gender neutral person yet in french so i'm waiting for yeah. that day that's going to be interesting i imagine german would be probably quite challenging too because i think german is very uh very rule-based yeah maybe not, maybe not as gender biased though we're based so um, I wonder uh, also the pronunciation of her or their name, El, El Perez. I'm not sure if it's El Perez or if there's a Spanish. Anyway, I, I'm going Bells to together Perez. Very... Perez yeah. has a very, um, yes, compelling process um one thing that i came out of the video how do you relate something without making a spectacle of it i thought was very interesting yeah and the art that they do really um it really like borders it really pushes the border the limits on that i think because i like the way they're talking about uh the wrestling mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now it's all it's all script based and so you're in this position where you're you're almost on a photo shoot for like a modeling or something. It's it's totally outside of this realm of 
what professional wrestling is all about, right? Yeah. Why well, it isn't, but but you know, people. I guess people that go and watch it understand scripted, but they still like it. Yes. Um, I, I thought. I'm oh, sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, I just said I thought that was interesting. That's fine. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I went to check their web, their um, article on, um, it's called um, Aya Perez Poetic Visceral Bodies in the New Yorker. And they have uh, their photographs there. Um, there's one called Ian, uh, one's called Dick, uh, Stone Bloom. Wiley binder binder is binder is it uh, it's really I think um, it's it's an image that relates well the the trans uh, world uh, because I I can relate to to this uh, as a woman I can see that they have washed their binder and it's hanging in the bathroom. And I feel that this object tells me more about their story of their life than any, any of the other photographs. Yeah, that was really interesting. I forgot it. I'd forgotten about that. I, I thought that was an interesting piece. It's, um, it's the, um, uh, my... They mentioned in the video, right? I'm, that sounds sounds familiar to me. Yes, uh, I believe so because that's where I first saw it, and uh, when I saw it again in in the New Yorker article, I thought I'd seen that. So um, it's hanging off like a, a white wire um, hanger off the a shower. And yeah, you can true. see the like the shower products in the corner of the of the shower stall and and it's just all very simple and uh, mundane. That's that's where we were talking about the mundane yeah. before, and it's really spelling it out right there. And so you like this the process that this person uses. I think I can see how it works in, in your your own process, I'm sure, is somewhat connected to this too, right? Where your objects that you decide to to objectify, I guess, like you were going out, you were doing typewriters, you are doing, you know, cows. You've had different series of things that you've been doing and you sort of focus on those. And I guess you're trying to not make that a, a spectacle, right? Like it's similar. Yeah, exactly. You 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 got me because I, I, I'm... I thought about how do I talk about autism without making a spectacle of it? That's That was the question that was on my mind. And yeah. a few times I felt that I walked that line. And also talking about making artwork with my son, uh, the intimacy of this, you know? Um, right. How do I make it so... He's comfortable and I'm comfortable. Um, and uh, in the past, also in my courses and trying to make work where I can talk about painful moments or uh, being a woman and what that means in my domesticity. For example, 
I often talk and I often say to people, don't get married. It's it's just marriage is broken. It's it's an institution that just doesn't Broken <laughs> it doesn't work. So why would you want to get married? And then they look at me and I'm married, right? So it's like this um I, I I never know sometimes how where is the line that makes it too much and I think there's the one that's called dick it has a a red hand almost like blood Oh, yeah, yeah, with a oh fist. that one Yeah, is it's pretty wild, yeah. it's um I I think it's on the end of the spectrum of spectacle it's on the end of too much you know That one, that one is there to shock. I am sure of it, you know, because it's just, but at the same time, there's a scar on the other hand and, and it's, it's also, um, uh, matter of factly shot. So there is a really interesting, uh, tension between not wanting to be a spectacle and wanting to be a spectacle all at the same time. I mean, I can see the effort is being made, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, that one is like really disturbing. Yeah, well, you got to watch it because you can, you know, people get triggered by stuff too. That's when it starts pushing into those weird areas, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I thought that, I thought that was a strange one too because I wasn't really even sure what it was. You had to look at it more closely, and then you kind of figure, oh, yeah, this is. Yeah. A very talented photographer, though. I, I always am amazed when I see it's a photographer because anybody can take a picture, right? But not anybody can turn it into like a work of art, like you know. And to me, a, like a good composed photograph and understanding the way that they. Um, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but but a good photograph is something that is. Uh, it's a it's a great thing to see, I think. I really like, like, I, I probably wouldn't like gravitate toward the like photo, photo, you know, photographic galleries or photography galleries in an art gallery. But if I ever found myself in there by accident, I would be glad that I found myself there. Yeah, uh, me too. Me too. Totally. Um, I think that they have created a way to a, a visual, visual vocabulary that is definitely their own um so i'm i'm amazed because we live in a world of photographic information and that they yeah. they can bring out these compositions in very very mundane places and spaces um and bring so much with a few details just focusing on a few like that scar again i'm talking about the photograph that right. called dick the other hand has a scar on it and just that scar makes that whole photo possible for me to watch it because this person is a human being you know um Uh, just the mundane little scar but then the hand I don't know what's going on it almost seemed like they cut themselves like that but I wasn't sure so 
I'm not yeah, sure what's sorry. happening. I don't know yeah. if it's fisting or what. But it was just fun on there. It looked <laughs> weird and make people ask questions. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, I thought this was really interesting. And then you suggested Louise Despont. Yes, I don't know her. I was I was just looking through the list of artists, and I looked at a couple of different ones, and I, I liked her. Um, I, I liked her her method of of creating. I liked the way that she piled stuff on top of each other and put it all and did played like memory games and stuff in order to make it kind of associate with what she was trying to get across. Yes, very um, uh, meditative and. Um... Uh, definitely a love of objects and uh, patterns. And patterns, yes. Now, I, I was I was trying to figure out how she actually did the stuff. I don't know. Was it all hand drawn, or did she have some sort of draw it and then reproduce it and make? I, I I didn't quite understand that whole process. And I like the way that speaking of process too, the way she kept like things in years and she worked with years and things that she had. That was kind of interesting. Oh yes, um, I like her le ledgers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, she talks about drawing. Now, drawing, uh, I've, been, I've been working on my drawing for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> eight years that you're counting. I guess you weren't really serious about it before that, but... Um, but eight years. No, I, I, just, I just kind of drew like that, you know, like just for fun kind of thing. Um, I just bought, I was in Sudbury and I, I came upon a, a book called The Natural Way to Draw by uh, Kimon Nikolaidis and it's apparently a classic. Um, that sounds familiar. Now, are you more of a technical drawer? Yeah, I didn't spend a whole lot of time trying to render anything. I was all about using my drafting techniques that I learned in when I was in high school, I took drafting, and I think it shows. Mm -hmm. So I was more interested in the way that um, textures and images and colors interacted with each other more so than. Uh, no, I did. I do have a a pretty big portfolio of not very well drawn. Like I go to figure drawing classes and stuff. I think you still have to do all of that, no matter what it is that you're trying to do. You have to have a basic understanding of the way that you capture movement and light and whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But I was I was never that good at. It. I don't know. I was probably never good at any of it, really. But whatever, you just do it for for yourself, right? I I believe in in drawing as a way to know something a little bit more. Um, yeah. Exploring exploring a subject and uh, uh, discovering things about this this object or this subject i i the this uh artist um made me made me think about how much i hated drawing <laughs> i just like in my classes i uh, struggled so much and i still do i, I but i love it <laughs> Because you were not unable to like render it as perfectly as you would like, or, or I was just always frustrated. Yes, always, 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 never satisfied. Like sometimes I would think, 
oh, this looks pretty good. But then just maybe two two weeks later, I'd look at it again and, oh, Jesus, you know? The ones that I found for me drawing that worked out the best for me were the fast gestural figure drawings. Mm -hmm. The ones that were like five minutes or less, even one minute. Where you're just trying to just capture something real basic about them. I found those to be the, the most satisfying. And if I had too much time, I'd just screw the whole thing up like beyond belief. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, because as a painter, I, I feel that um, today drawing is uh, a way to, to capture a moment that is not a photographic moment, but, and that people are craving uh, drawing. But yeah, at the you... same time, they don't want to see awkward drawings. They want to see good drawings. <laughs> you know? And then the, I guess the the goalposts of what are a good drawing are very different for different people. Like some people, you have to be able to re draw like Rembrandt to be a good drawer, and other people, you can you just have a natural skill for putting line work together and making goofy looking stuff. And some artists, like some of these comic art, I mean, even an artist like Jason McLean, right? Like I think he's great. Uh, that's at exactly who I was thinking yeah. about when you yeah. said yeah. that. It's wonderful at drawing and all of his everything he does is based on drawing but he doesn't really draw that he's not like trying to be robert crumb really he's as just has his own kind of thing that he's doing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah he's totally made it work for him and i admire that and i'm yeah, trying sure. to to get there um i did i just finished a series where i started out with drawing and then cut made made it in paint and paint always seems to kind of destroy the drawing in a way well you be careful that's for sure <laughs> yeah. i remember I, I that's a, and it's a classic hallmark of a and i wouldn't say you're not in this group anymore but if somebody who's just kind of dabbling and starting out in art they don't want their paintings or drawings to ever be finished because they feel that they haven't put enough work into them yet and then they've ruined them mm -hmm. they overwork them it's just such a classic thing that people that are starting out do i remember um green marshall my ex-wife her uh her mom was quite she was pretty talented at drawing and making art, but she didn't, she was kind of a bit lazy. Like she wasn't the sort that, you know what you got to do to put it in the time, right? To get the, yeah. Uh, so she would do like one painting that she worked on for literally for years. And I'd see it when it was like just locked in and it had this beautiful light glowing on it that it just looked like I'd say stop right there and just start another one. But then you'd see it like three, six months later and it would be all covered in gloopy oil paint. <laughs> and then you'd go, oh, I mean, I never really, I was never, it wasn't really my place to give my mother biting art criticism of her own work. But, no, but that's but, um that that was where she, Louise Dupont started. She started with oil painting. And oh, then yeah. she went to drawing. And I think her drawings in a way still have a little bit of painting in it, which I think is is the a wonderful combination. If you can have the um compelling drawing and then some aspect of it that is painting i think that's yeah it's a good combination and talking about jason mclean again that's something that he's definitely worked into his into what he does and he's not alone like there's a bunch of like james kirkpatrick and peter thompson there's a bunch of other people that kind of were into this drawing thing and we've talked about this in the past i'm sure but but jason's kind of the guy who's really been i think the most successful at it 
Mm-hmm. But there's a bunch of them that do this kind of stuff where it's like it's drawing, it's painting, it's it's. I mean, James Kirkpatrick's work is drawing and painting, and it's also interactive, and in then it makes sounds when you press buttons. Oh, that's so cool! So yeah, it's pretty neat. Well, he does like circuit bending, they call it, right? Where you take like some sort of piece of electronics that's supposed to do something, and you go in and you change it on the inside, so it's supposed to like play a nice song, and now you press buttons, and it makes weird noises and stuff. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I don't see James much, but if I see him, maybe we'd do an interview with him. He'd probably like that. Oh, that'd be great. I um, I did put some some sound effect in in one of my series once. I bought some um, recordable chips that you could record something onto it, and then uh, it worked with light or with a button, and uh, then it played whatever it was. Oh, I love that. Yeah, no, I like that. I'm, I've always been, I've always been drawn towards that kind of thing. I, mean, I don't know if I ever talked about. It. I saw this um, act called, they're a Swiss act called Voice Crack, and they're mm-hmm. kind of like performance art and kind of music. Really, they would be more probably consider themselves musicians than artists, but they use, um, they use a lot of light and things that accept or that understand light in order to to make their sounds. And so they they'll like project a film onto this. Uh, screen that they've made with all sensors all over it and then the different levels of light make different things happen so you're kind of like hearing the film as well as seeing it visually Neato. yeah yeah i really liked it and they were they were they were uh, they were real pioneers at this kind of stuff i think they've been doing it since the 70s they're called that's another, voice crack ben, yeah that's another ben portis connection he brought them here to london for one of the festivals he was putting on and i sat down and had brunch with them actually at the london art gallery forgot about that voice crack yeah, I don't know what you'd find about them these days, but they're uh, they they were pretty obscure, I'm sure. Are you uh, working through your Ben Portis uh, vinyl collection? I yeah, I didn't get very much. I only have about I probably got about like in total like about twenty five or thirty of them, and I think I've listened to them all. Yes. Yeah, I got one. Well, I got a, a, one set like back like whenever Record Store Day is, which I think is about now. So I got it like almost a year ago, and then I went in and got more. Um, when my brothers were here, we went into the store where they are, and like went up for. My, I had a big party here for my fiftieth birthday, and all my brothers came down and visited. So they all like records, so I took them to Mike's store, and so I bought a bunch more. That's neat though. They're all like Duke Ellington records and just things that you don't really see Ooh, that. Nice. The real- yeah, the real valuable ones and interesting ones are probably all sold by now. But he was a he was a real collector, so he had a he had a lot of different stuff. Hmm. Um, did you go? I thought you went to see a show the other day, last week. Uh, not any art show. Let me think about that. Stupidly, I well, should have gone and there was art. It was up for the Junos, and we talked about that briefly. And mm-hmm. I didn't ever get yeah. that because I don't know. I guess I. No, last Monday you couldn't record, and I think you said you... Oh, yeah, we were going to see this, um, he's this California guy who looks kind of like the dude from the Big Lebowski, called, calls him his, uh, the White Buffalo, oh. and he got, he got kind of famous because he had a few songs that got played in the Sons of Anarchy. Oh, yes. So, uh, actually, well, I don't even know where we discovered him, I think we just kind of listened to him because we were looking at what was coming up, and we liked the way he sounded, so we, we went and saw him. It was pretty good. I don't know. Going out though, to me, it's like I, I like it less and less every time. Almost, it's just 
it's loud. It's like people aren't paying attention. Like I don't go to a see a show. I I want to see. I I don't want to listen to like these idiots behind me talking about like why are you standing at the bar screaming at each other and there's somebody like playing quiet music in front of you. Like it's so rude. Yeah. And they'll be talking about the most mundane and stupid things. You can't help but hear them, right? Because it's actually overpowering the music in some cases. No, I sound like an old man. No, I remember I, would, I did mention I was 50, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm 51, so we're both, we're, 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 we're closer, closer to pushing daisies than we are L literally to over the hill. picking daisies. <laughs> literally over the hill. <laughs> yeah. Well, I went to see uh, an exhibit in Sudbury called Viens, V-I-E-N-S, Viens, it means come. Okay. And um, it was a performance and slash installation uh, show at the Galerie du Nouvel Ontario, which means the New Ontario Gallery. Uh, they mostly exhibit francophone um, artists uh, and mostly installation artists um, and they're going to be going to the new Place des Arts there's going to be a new Place des Arts which means art place <laughs> in right. uh, Sudbury As well they have one of those in uh, in Montreal right so they do the yes. met metro stop yeah, and there are like six or seven organizations that are going to go into that building. And what they've asked all of the organizations uh, is to do a few, um, they call it Projet Manifest, which means like um, work in preparation to moving into the Place des Arts. Right. So these three women, uh, Julie Lassonde, Pascaline Knight, and I forgot the third artist's name, uh, they got together and they created this show uh, on, on the theme of welcoming to welcome. So as you walked in the gallery, there was a spot to hang your coat and there were snowshoes and carpets and a sign saying remove your shoes and <laughs> so I did and and then um, there was a little shelter in the corner and a blanket and crawled in there and there were two headsets one in French one in English and you could pick the one you wanted and listen to Julie Lassonde talk about it's like um, a spoken diary kind of thing of what she was doing and she's giving her impressions of La Place des Arts, they went and did that and did this and oh she she felt this and she felt that and it was uh, spoken in a very uh, everyday kind of almost it was as if it was your own thoughts in your in your head you know like how I'm doing this and I think that and I'm doing that and so it was like really interesting I really enjoyed it and I sounds, thought yeah I was just gonna say it sounds pretty um pretty advanced for Sault Ste. for uh, Sudbury so that's good I think the Galerie du Nouvel Ontario has been doing that for oh my god 
they're I think they might be 10 years old and that's what they they want to do they they just want to show these kinds of shows so I had a little bit of a conversation with uh, the uh, curator um, Danielle and um, I, I talked to her about our project here in Sault Ste. Marie at uh, 180 projects and how it's coming along and it's coming slowly because you know we're kind of a small group and we all have two three jobs on the go and we're well most the group is pretty young you know and uh so we're 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 gonna make it work but it's just gonna take some time yeah building building momentum is tough mm-hmm you got a couple, all it takes is a, is a couple of the many people involved that really have vision and, and energy and want to carry it forward. I assume it's one of you, you're one of those people in this group, I would guess. But if, even if you had a couple of other people like that and the rest of them were less able to give up as much time or whatever, I think you still got a way better shot at it. Well, we're, we're, we're coming along. I'm, I go through periods of being super busy to periods of wanting to be like no you know just kind of cocooning so right yeah. now i'm i'm weaving and i'm finishing a poncho that's cool uh, yeah weaving is really great what do you where what's your source for the material for what are you weaving <laughs> i'm weaving um wool it's wool and a thick wool and a thin wool and uh i am is it new wool a, a pardon is it new wool sorry new wool yeah um i think it's kind of old wool because um ross the um that my teacher he's been doing this for the past 40 years so okay. he has all kinds of stuff in in his studio <laughs> and it felt it feels a little bit old <laughs> Maybe it was once on someone's sweater and got unraveled. Oh, that? No, I don't think so. <laughs> but that'd be great. Yeah, if we're going to start going to the uh, the secondhand stores looking for old sweaters to unravel. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a plan. And then uh, I came home and I started, uh, I, I want to make a rug. So I... I cut some strips of, of out of old sheets and old flannel material that somebody gave me and so I can't wait to make those objects and um, next week I'm going to Nova Scotia so um, we won't be recording next week but um, in two weeks time I'll have a lot to talk about I'm, I'm going to see a show by an artist called Alicia Hunt. She uh, finished her BFA here uh, in the same program I did in 2008. And now she's just doing her MFA. She's going to be graduating this spring. Um, and her show is called Saline. And her process is to walk along the littoral, the, the shore of the Atlantic Ocean and pick uh, bits of discarded uh, net netting and 
bits of algae and she's made uh, paper out of algae and she wraps these bits together in little bundles and also uh, she uh, lets salt, she, she likes the process of salt depositing onto fabric in layers she likes building crystals or having water boil, a salted water boil by a window and then the deposits on the window. She's thought she, that's pretty um, a pretty involved process. Yeah, she uh, she she has this studio as part of her MFA and she's been working on these kinds of uh, gathering uh, process of walking building aprons she's she's sewn aprons with pockets and she gathers plant material and all the, these little bits of stuff that she finds along the the literal littoral in French littoral what is it in English literal you could call it the shore I suppose the shore the shore okay but literal is actually a word used in english too they talk about shoreline movement as being literal drift literal yeah uh, almost like literal <laughs> yeah it's l-i-t-t-o-r okay l i think i think it's probably connected to the same source as the french i would think yes literal mm -hmm. so uh, i'm going to go see her show uh and i'm i've rented an airbnb i will be uh staying in a boho apartment oh, that's cool <laughs> that looked pretty i like halifax cool. yeah yeah everybody's telling me halifax is awesome yeah, halifax is kind of like london only it's cooler because it's got the sea right there mm-hmm you know, it's not a big place, but it's not small. It's got kind of, I, I like it. I really, I've, I've been there twice and I've, I would go back there. I, I, in a way, I like it more than Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Vancouver's bigger, so there's more going on. And I have family out there, so I go to Vancouver. I don't really have any reason to go to Halifax. Oh. Is this somebody that you know then, a friend or somebody that you just know of? Yeah, it's, she became a friend over time. Um, I, I was... Her, her sibling's teacher, I taught um, her sister and her brother, I taught them French, and they would invite me to their Irish violin gigs. They, they sing and they play the violin, and I, I would go and meet them, and we'd talk, and I got to know her better. She also taught me uh, at the art gallery of Algoma, she was uh, doing encaustic, and I didn't know. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it so great? That's like my, almost my favorite thing. It makes every piece of art look like a block of cheese. Mm, and it smells so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Maybe if you, if you had an opportunity to sit down with her and have a chat, that would be cool too. I'm hoping I will. Yeah. yeah my guess is she's she'd be excited to do that. Most, yeah. most people talk about their work. I, I'm always a little bit shy with my friends about the podcast because they don't podcast. And I, 
I don't know how to broach it with them. I, feel, I always feel a little bit like um, an anomaly or something. Well, you know, like I think if you just approach, just just explain it, it's just like you're having a conversation with a friend, but you're going to record it and then edit it later and then use it against them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, that's a good idea. I'm sure Alicia will, by this point, she, she's been around of uh, 20 there were like there was a huge number of mfas this year at uh, nascad so yeah. um, but unfortunately they went through a strike i wonder if they they've settled their the the nascad locked out the the professors can you right right. That? right i didn't hear about that one uh, always yeah all right Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll go up and try to see what I'm going to eat for dinner. And uh, I'm excited for your trip. That sounds like it'll be there'll be lots to see too. Yep. And uh, come back and tell us about it in the next weeks whenever it works out. Oh, that'd be awesome. So okay. enjoy your dinner. Thanks for calling and talk to you later. We'll talk soon. See you as well. Bye. Yeah.